podcast it is tuesday january 30th uh hopefully our spirits are a little bit better i listened back to yesterday's episode and we were really gloomy we were really sad boys what do you got there bud also i just called you bud yeah don't let that happen again i'm too sad to react to it in any way shape or form uh but i got a uh i got a heated blanket why uh, last night I was really sad after the Lions game and I was laying in bed just kind of just like I'm sad and I'm cold don't really know what to do about the you know sadness portion of that because there's nothing that can really fill the void of my team blowing a 17 point lead but you know what I can do I can go on Amazon and I can order a heated blanket so I got a heated blanket and I'm about to Throw it over my lap right now as we record this episode. Okay. All right. Um, that's something. I hope it's very warm and cozy and cuddly. And honestly, I hope it gets your body ready for a men's league performance for the ages tonight. That's what I'm really hoping. What's it matter, man? What does anything matter? <laughs> like, I, I was going to wonder, like, does a pissed off, sad you play better on the court for men's league? Uh. I got a text early this morning from the men's league group chat asking if I'm in for the game. And my response was my body will be there. (laughs) All right. Uh, How long are you going to keep this shtick up? I know it's not a shtick, but like, how long are you going to do this for? Like wear the sad hat? No, just be this sad. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm definitely not going to be like this sad, but there will always be, a portion of sadness that I will carry with me probably for the rest of my life. Maybe not the rest of my life, but at least until, I don't know, <laughs> say the Lions win a Super Bowl. That'll probably make it go away. But otherwise, there'll always be a portion of me that's definitely going to be sad. Is this the worst thing? Like, is this worse than every other Lions season of your 30 years of life? Uh, Yeah, I think so. No, we made the NFC Championship card. We did. In the words of Panay, that don't mean shit. That don't mean shit. If my if my star <laughs> left tackle say it don't mean shit, then it doesn't mean shit. I did enjoy. I mean, I didn't enjoy seeing anybody sad, but uh, I know that Panay's your guy, and watching Panay's response just be that don't mean shit, and he's clearly as crushed as you are, if not significantly more. Uh, it felt like a moment for you that your guy is on the same wavelength mentally as you. Yep, I'm glad we're locked in. Yeah, that's good. How's that heated blanket now that you just put it on? It's actually pretty nice. Um, I don't know if black was the right color to go with. I feel like it doesn't go with like the color scheme of everything else that's in the house. But also at the same time, if anyone said anything about it, I'm immediately pulling the race card. So, yeah. Well, um, I don't mean this in the race card way whatsoever. But I would just say honestly, from the bottom of my heart, black is not really your color. Um, orange is your color though. You look good in orange. Yeah, I I realize you have an orange shirt on too. Is this a- yeah. I, we have the same shirt on. Oh, hmm. well, you look good in orange. Thank you. Your skin tone is actually the same as the lettering on your shirt. Yeah, honestly, not not too bad. I think I'm a little pinker than that, to be honest. But uh, all right, to the show. Um, should be a fun one today. We're gonna talk about some beef in the spirit of college basketball media beef this week. Uh, entertaining day today, to say the least. We're going to talk a couple coaches and some crazy things that they have said and or done and or rumors about them this week. And then we're going to talk about the preseason positional awards. It's not even preseason, sorry, the midseason positional awards finalists that have been announced. Um, I'm convinced people that run that stuff have no idea what they're doing. But you look ready for the Carter Elliott YouTube comment of the day. I do. Uh, This one comes from Jeffrey Fighting Illini. Dane's numbers are all are also a negative because Daddy Brad has done nothing to play Dane all season long. Brad runs no defense to help Dane match up zone. They do nothing to get the ball into Dane where he's effective from been really disappointed. How okay, Jeffrey, good lord, my brother. Um this is Malik's Alani burner account. Uh how little Brad really has done to get your strongest big involved in the team. And 
it honestly got me thinking because imagine what the plus minus would look like for like a Joel Embiid if you never gave him the run or you never played him. It'd probably be really bad. That's exactly why Dane's numbers are bad because you don't play the man. I promise you that if you play Dane 20 minutes, first of all, you're getting at least 15 and 10. We all know that. That's happening. Will he give up some points? Yeah, he will. So will every other big on Illinois. They do that. But I just don't understand how you have a man of that size and that agility and that strength and that finesse and that vision just sitting on your bench. And that ineptitude defensively. (laughs) Okay, but also, can't we play the every bucket he gives up? He probably cancels it out by getting a bucket on the other end. Are they just trying to cancel out? Or are they trying to win and have a margin there? I mean, if they play him against Northwestern, they win. I don't know that that's true. Um, I, 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 I'm all for the Dane game shtick that you have. I know that it's not a shtick. I know that Dane holds a special place in your heart. And for that reason, he holds a special place in my heart. I'll never forget watching him put you and your centers, plural, in the torture chamber in Champaign. That is my favorite memory, even beyond the ice party in Wisconsin from our college hoops to go trips. It was. It was great. That, come on, man. We during the ice party, we interviewed some. We interviewed someone that was two people on top of each other. We interviewed a, <laughs> a person on the shoulders of another person in the middle of ice. We did do that, and then Michigan beat Michigan State that night, and I got canes. Like that's that was an all timer day for me, and I still would take what Dane did to you and Champagne over that. It was incredible. With that said. I know that on this program, this program that the only rule, the only rule on this program, well, there's two. Don't bet against Pat Mahomes as an underdog, and don't lie. That's the only program. That's that's the foundation of Sleepers Media and the podcast. Don't lie. I know you did not just come on here and compare Dane Danger to Joel Embiid. Not saying I compared the two. I'm saying that if you don't play dominant bigs, their plus minuses are not going to look good. I mean, yeah, I'm sure this was a thing probably for you in college. Like, coach, if you don't play me, my plus minus isn't going to look good. But like, let this be can't always do that. Let this be very clear. I was a hooper before the plus minus like box score days. Like it was a part of the thing, but I'm guess I'm aging myself a little bit here. It was also about like, let me look at what else you did. But if it came down to plus minus, like we would be having like the arguments on Twitter about if I deserve a max contract because I might not do I might not do the the box score impact, but damn it, my plus minus was felt and it was always plus two. Didn't you just say that you played before plus minus? I played before it was like and now you're saying your plus minus was great. (laughs) It was it was I played before it was actually you know used. Were you box score watching yourself? Did I did I box score watch myself? Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking about? That's the first thing I did after I hooped. I, I often wish we went to college together. I really do. Quick story, though. There's a reason I do that. Because after one of my games, I didn't check the box score whatsoever. And my coach came into the locker room, and he's like, nobody rebounded today. That's why we lost. No one rebounded. I'm looking at you, Elliot. You didn't grab a goddamn board to save your life today. Like, just letting me have it. And in my head, I'm like, I really didn't think I was that bad, honestly. I really didn't think I was that bad. Went and checked the box score, led the team in rebounds. Had eight of them. I mean, come on, coach. What, I didn't get 12, so it's on me? See, this is why so that's you, why I always check. I want, I want to have information before I get cussed out. This is why you and coaches will never get along. Coach just trying to make a point, elevate his team, get everybody motivated. You're like, well, actually, coach. Uh, I got eight rebounds in our 20-point loss. I actually was better than everyone else in this room. Great teammate move. Great great player coach move from you, Elliot. Like, goddamn, man. That was sophomore year, me. I grew. You you definitely grew, for sure. All right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ah, to the Discord. The seated <laughs> blanket slaps, by the way. <laughs> 
to the Discord. Uh, we had a new member join the Discord. It's one of my favorite usernames of the year in the Discord. It's Bill Ini. It's Bill I-N-I. Uh, the Illinois contingent grows stronger. I'm going to start doing a thing where I shout out every new user, by the way. So, Bill, congratulations. And apologies to everybody before Bill who did not get a round of applause and their moment on the show for joining. But going to do that from now on. Bill's in the community. The community's growing. Join the Discord link in the description of every single video that we do, including this very video. We don't have too many comments tonight because we're double dipping today. This is our second episode we're recording of the day. Trying to get a day ahead of things for the rest of the week once again. So um, I believe where we are right now is a comment from Malik Perry, who says, what if MSU and Michigan's game turn out to be really, really good? Would you go to the next one? If the turnout? He's saying if this was a great, like if this was a classic game, like Michigan State Tyson Walker buzzer beater, would we go to the game in Ann Arbor? Uh, if if it didn't cause me any level of inconvenience whatsoever, <laughs> I would. I mean, it seems like going to Ann Arbor is going to be some level of inconvenient for you. I mean, not necessarily. Ann Arbor is a fine town, not my cup of tea, but it's it's a, it's a fine place. Um, I would need someone to pay for my gas, uh, tickets, and at least one fountain drink and hot dog. And then I would go. On the bright side, it costs exactly one twenty-five thousandth of a Super Bowl ticket. I'm sorry, <laughs> I that, that hurt me too. But you got to be honest; that's a win. Yeah, I guess. Yay. <laughs> okay. Um, I did promise that uh, I I've already done the whole drive to Ann Arbor thing once this year. Um, I was back home at 1.15 in the morning after their home loss to Minnesota where they blew a nine-point lead. Uh, I promised myself I would not return as long as Jawan Howard is the head coach of this program. Well, he might not be for that game. You never know. Very true. And also, there is one asterisk on that. If I felt that I could go and contribute to a Michigan loss in the fashion that would get Jawan out of the program, I would go. My first trip was journalistic integrity, like trying to figure out what's up with Doug. I succeeded, by the way, nailed that. Uh, and then now, yeah, if I if I can do anything to get Juwan Howard out, that's the only way I would go to watch a game in Ann Arbor. Well, if you're there, I'm there. That's that kind of that is pretty true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tristan Freeman says, "What's the college basketball equivalent of a heartbreaking loss that you've experienced compared to what happened with the Lions?" I mean, the classic ones for Michigan State are pretty, pretty evident. I got to bring them up. Um, an underrated one for me, though, that I don't think is brought up as much as like the the Middle Tennessee loss or the Syracuse loss is the Matt McQuaid corner three against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. That'll forever haunt me. Actually, when I hoop nowadays, whenever I'm in that right corner, I have a little bit of a flashback. So I usually hesitate on my shot uh, before I miss. But, yeah, that that one really hurt me. Yeah, I think my answer is the obvious one, too. But it this the game script was actually very similar to the Lions for this one. Michigan's title loss to Louisville. Um, because, I, like, everything's going right except Trey Burke fouled trouble early. But, like, Spike Albrecht comes off the bench, gets 15 points at halftime. Like, Michigan had, like, a nine-point lead almost halftime. Everything went right. And then everything slipped away. And it, you just methodically, quickly watched your hopes and dreams die um, with a little false hope late also. Like, that was the thing. It's like it was never it's never fully dead. It was always, like, dangling. It's probably dead. It's probably dead, and then it's dead. It kills you. Uh, tough. Fam says, what's your favorite dish to make? Secondly, can it hold up against your wife's cooking? Hmm. Uh, why is it pretty good? Why is it pretty good cook? But I'm a pretty good cook myself at the same time. Um, I'm also a simple man. Like, if I'm making my own food, it's, like, going to be the classic just, like, pro, you know, protein, like a, some type of meat, fish, some type of rice dish, and then some type of veggie. But my favorite veggie is mushrooms or or, bro- or broccoli, broccolini preferably. 
And then if I'm going just straight, I just like straight rice, maybe like a cilantro lime rice. Those are pretty good. Saw that on TikTok, made that once before. Really good, better than Chipotle. If you like Chipotle rice, make it yourself. It's even better. And then I just go with the classic, just chicken thighs. I like chicken thighs over chicken breast. Mm. Interesting. You never struck me as a thigh guy. Definitely thought I got for show ski. Okay. All right. Um, huh. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not a great cook by any means. I like to think I'm good on the grill. Uh, so like summertime, get the grill out. I, I can, I can be there. I can be there. What are you, why are you shaking your head? I mean, it just, it, it uncovers the wound that out of every time that I've been at beep, which is your address. I'm not going to dox you right now. Have yet to experience any backyard activities, hangout sessions, or anything like that. Yeah, the yard always gets in the way for us. But also, in my address's defense, uh, you guys are already booked through the next three summers. So, <laughs> like, the only time that I can get you is during the winter when we, you are dedicated to giving me time every day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I have one one go to in the kitchen dish that I'm pretty proud of, which. Is basically a dish I learned how to make when I used to be a cook at Lou and Harry's in East Lansing. Um, it's like a Greek salad chicken dish, or you can make it on a pita. And it mm. used to be called the Tommy pita at Luha's, as we called it. But it's grilled chicken, marinating Greek dressing uh, with like some feta cheese, romaine lettuce, and then whatever other veggies you want. Fires. Luha slaps. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And I, all the, I mean, just buy stuff at the grocery store, make it at home. Still pretty good. I do that like once a month, I would say, but my wife makes great food though, for the record. So I would not necessarily say that my one meal uh, is at the top of our household's capabilities. My wife makes fantastic food. All right. I was just, sorry. I was just having a quick thought to myself. Hey, what's uh, that? I like to throw out a little word of advice to everybody out there. No. Cooking is not as hard as it seems, really. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. People make it a lot harder. Like, simplicity always just, like, takes over for me. Um, and I wasn't a great cook by any means. But honestly, like, if you just throw on, like, a, a if you see a TikTok recipe or a YouTube recipe and you just give it a go and then maybe you do some tweaks to what you like with it as far as seasonings use seasonings you you can really make you can really make some good stuff so give it a try i highly recommend it uh yeah i feel like cooking is maybe 80 percent preparation so like organized people i think should be very good at cooking even if you're not a cook and i'm i'm not the most organized person i can do a lot like in my head but i'm not like a like line everything up perfectly person like keep receipts that's why you run the business side of sleepers um yeah you need it you need a dash of creativity as a cook that's what the 20 percent is but 80 percent preparation that's all it is so oh, I I, that's there's your sleepers in the kitchen update for the week thanks for the question fam uh <laughs> let's get to the show i guess that's all our comments for today uh let's start you want to start with the beef i mean since we just talked about kitchen things i feel like beef is yeah. the first yeah, you're, you you're big beef guy. Um, so there's a lot of beef today. A lot of beef uh, in the college basketball Twitter sphere, for sure. This is not a video diving deep into the beef, but uh, I think anybody with a Twitter account probably saw the, the beef involving people that we are close with, both personally and professionally, and a bunch of people we're not close with at all, personally, professionally. Um, I found it very entertaining, just uh, from a broad sense. That's all I'll say on it. Like I thought, thought the entire thing was funny even though there are some non-funny elements to this but like a lot of this was just great content like i i greatly enjoyed it scrolling my time timeline today what did you think of it all it was a monday um but the thing is that everyone's overlooking is that this was an industry plant by the associate by the associated press they wanted to draw attention away from the ap no one even <laughs> about the ap poll today and it dropped. And every other Monday in college basketball Twitter world, it is tearing up AP polls, AP polls. There was no mention of that today whatsoever. Only YouTube documentaries. It's my favorite conspiracy theory ever, ever from you. Uh, great work. I'm 100% in. I think you're right. I think you're dead on. Um, so this got me thinking, though, the, as, as this day played out and I'm watching it play, uh, this got me thinking about beef. Got me thinking about beef. I want to know from Carter Elliott some of your personal 
favorite beefs? Uh, I'd like to start personally, and then I'd also like to get in college basketball. E. So give me give me like three top Hall of Fame Mount Rushmore personal beefs that you have had in your life, and then give me three of your favorite from college basketball. Mm-hmm. So on my three personal beefs, I actually keep a running list, right, of like ten celebrities, athletes, more more well-known people that I have a sign-off from for the people I love that if I ever see them, I have the go-ahead to initiate either fight and or verbal altercation. Like I have the go-ahead stamp that I will not be berated afterwards by my loved ones for causing a scene. Um, There's athletes that have come and gone on this list. There's people that have come and gone on this list. Uh, honestly, at one time, Greg, you were probably on the list, maybe for like a couple hours. I was pissed at you. It happens. Uh. Um, but there's always a three that have been a mainstay for a long time. One is Matt Patricia. (laughs) Matt Patricia will forever be on that list. The other is Eric Ebron. He (laughs) has always, always been a mainstay on that list. And the third one is Zidane Ochara. Zidane Ochara (laughs) is the third one on that list. Wait, if wait, I, you're you're not a hockey guy. What's the deal with Zdeno Chara? I just, I it's something about Zdeno Chara being the same size as me, and him doing the picking on little hockey guys thing that doesn't sit right with me. And he's a Boston Bruin. I don't like anything Boston sports. Anything. I mean, that's just hilarious. I was brought up to hate all Boston sports. Hate do you actually hate- you actually mean this? You hate Zdeno Chara. Yeah, I do. Like, I don't think I, you. I don't think you could name me five hockey players right now. Okay, first of all, respect me. I'm a sports connoisseur. I could name definitely... me name me five hockey players not a Detroit Red Wing right now. Okay. Well, first of all, is Daniel Char is retired. I'm pretty sure, but the fact that you're pretty sure about that is like okay. I got you. Ready? Just three. Five. <laughs> oh, five. All right. Austin Matthews. Uh huh. Connor Bedard. <laughs> what that doesn't count okay okay no red wings <laughs> no wings i don't think you can get no. to five with uh, wings though uh you're, you're uh, about to say justin abdulcator alex ovechkin yeah uh, okay steven, steven stamkos <laughs> okay and uh does the black guy still play this pecan supon play? The 2014 ass list is what it is right now. Um, okay, I'll, I'll accept those answers. But... Evander Kane, Patrick Kane, he's a wing. Oh, what you you you've you've made your point. I just can't believe you actually are trying to claim like you you have enough in your heart to hate Zidane Ochara. Like you you're apathetic about hockey. You don't care about hockey. How could you hate a hockey player? It's just one of those beefs that you can't. There's all one of the great things about beef is sometimes you don't really have to have a reason to have a beef. You just have beef. Like it's on site when you see them. Yeah, that's true. But then I feel like there's a lot of beefs in real life that are like quote unquote beefs, but they're not actual beefs. Like I think a lot of people like to fake beefs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I don't like the fake beefs because that takes way too much energy. You think so? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and also... A good part about sleepers beefs, or one of the funniest parts about beef, is that the beef is settled so quickly that sometimes we just become friends. Yeah, we do that a lot. After we win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are pretty good at turning people that want us to be enemies into, like, cordial, though. Yeah. I think that, that's a that's a bonus for us. It's um, growth. Yeah, it, yeah, maturity. All the, all the buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't think my list of beefs is nearly as fun as your list. I don't have like professional athletes that I have beef with. I mean, I have separate lists. I have like a normal, just like regular ongoing. List. What's your ongoing? Like just normal people. I mean, 
<laughs> sure. I'm kind of scared, yeah. but sure. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, my uncle Joe. <laughs> he's on what there. Did, what did he do? Uh, he he uh, said some words to my mother that I didn't respect, and it, like it's been on site at every family event. Like we had the Secret Santa thing, and like I acted like he wasn't there. Okay, who's your uncle Joe? Uh, who is my uncle Joe? Yeah, who's is he? Your mom's brother? Or your dad's brother? Mom's brother, Jim Gretzo. He's your mom's brother. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He's not like the in law. Nope. Mom's brother. What's what's Joe's wife's name? Uh I think it's like Marcy or something. You think your aunt's name is Marcy? They're divorced, so I don't know. I don't really rock with I don't rock with him. I definitely don't rock with her. Hmm. He got any kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's his kid's name? Um he's got a lot of them. Liz, there's Joe, Joey like Jr. There's Carolyn, there's Sarah, like there's like six, there's like six or seven of them. So just the most generic white names. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very Polish family. Hmm. I can't tell if Joe's real. Um, you can look him up on Facebook. Jim Gretzo is out. Is his name on Facebook? We're, we're just making him an op like that. Like... He knows. He, he knows he's my op. <laughs> he knows. Like he knows he's my op. Like this we insane. This is we insane. have settled this. He was talking crazy on the book on my mother's post i slid right into his dms and i about said about what what was the post it was basic it this i don't want to get all into it of what it actually <laughs> was but i'll just let it be known he was acting spicy on the comments and i went right into the dms and i said i'm not ha ha or lol on anything thanksgiving is two months and seven days away it's hosted at my house i'm gonna see you there and it and it's on site Jim, what was said? And he showed up and he tried to play buddy, buddy. Oh, here's my nephew, Carter. Nah, Jim, it's on site. <laughs> like what? Like you got, we got to address this. What happened? Wow. Did it get addressed? Yeah. Cause he's a. Bitch. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, wow. All right. I am. I'm very content that I'm in business with you. It's going to come crashing down at a certain point, but, uh, I'm pretty thankful that I'm usually on your side instead of on the other side. Yeah. Luke Bryan's on the list too. <laughs> you want to elaborate on that? Just a neck beard with no eye for talent. He's 90% neck beard for sure. Um, yeah. I kind of just want more of your list. <laughs> Is this it? You want to move on? Yeah, we can move on. What's your college basketball beef list? College basketball? Yeah. <laughs> Right now, my current coach is really pissing me off. Um, nah, or just uh, not, not not your beef list, but like, what are your favorite beefs in college basketball? I've actually really enjoyed uh, the Patino and Hurley back and forth. Like that, I like the beefs that have genuine hate rooted in them. Mm-hmm. Like I like that. Uh, you brought up the Auburn Alabama thing. I love that beef. I think that's like truly rooted in actual hate. Um. I really don't know what will become third on that. Cooley Georgetown? That, Cooley Providence? Mick Cronin versus things on the top shelf? <laughs> That's a good one, too. Um, yeah, I liked I liked Draymond versus all things Michigan for a while, too. That was fun. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't fun for me, but it was like I, I enjoyed the drama of it always. Um, okay. Purdue and Illinois Twitter have a good – CBB beef going on right now. I don't, even know where that, I don't even know where that came from. It's just them both being so clearly ahead of the rest of the conference and being so stylistically different. Which once again goes back to the fact that this is Michigan and Michigan State's fault. All of our fault. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Uh, a big fan of beef as a topic because you get so into it that I never even have to give my side of it. And I ne- don't even have to do prep on this. It's awesome. Let's move to the next. Topic. Wait, wait, before we move on one last thing, are you an actual beef fan? Like, are you like, eating do I beef? like getting in beef? No. Do you like eating beef? Oh, um, I don't mind it. I, I'm a, this should surprise nobody. I prefer chicken as a meat. No, I'm with you. I don't like, I, I prefer chicken over that too. Also, to answer your question, because if you don't answer like this, you'd be lying. You love beef. Like beef beef? 
Yeah, like beef, beef, because it gives you an opportunity to shine, and you shine when you got that little petty strike into you. Yeah, it's it's the crack, not the chip. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'll say this. I I am always prepared for beef. Always, like there's there will is not a moment that you're gonna catch me where I'm not like immediately ready to throw myself into three hours of identifying your worst insecurities and winning. Like that's, I'm always ready for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not like proud of it though, but I'm, I'm prepared for it. That's it a good way. To, that's a good way to put it. You don't seek it out, but you're always ready. Yeah. I like I'm, it fuels me when needed in what I think is potentially greatness. Like if my best moments have been fueled by pettiness that is usually revolved back at a target of some sort. Yep. whether that's a person or an organization. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's been a while since I've had a beef. That's, that doesn't, is that good? I think so. I mean, we, we might, we might be on the verge of beef, um, but I think we're fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was a fun way to start the show. Let's get to something we have beef with the koozie list. The koozie list stinks. <laughs> Horrible. Um Here's the 10 players that were named to the midseason Koozie Award finalist list. Isaiah Stevens, Jamal Shedd, Dewan Harris, Tyler Kolick, Javon Quinterly. Yeah, that Javon Quinterly from the Memphis team that just lost three games in a row in the American. Boo Booey, Zakai Ziegler. Yeah, that Zakai Ziegler, the one from Tennessee that wasn't even starting games earlier this season. That one. Uh, Max Asmus the one whose team isn't going to play in the NCAA tournament. Wade Taylor, the one whose team lost, what, seven games in the first two months of the season. And Tristan Newton, the one who's shooting like 32% from the field in Big East play. Uh, those are the koozie candidates. Yay. There we go. Brayden Smith is not one of the 10 finalists. Insane. Your thoughts. Spitting because Bob Cousy wasn't actually that good, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, it, the thing is, it wasn't just Braden Smith that got left off this list. There's just this is this is one of those things where it's like you don't want to say this because you don't want to accuse people of not watching basketball or not paying attention to college basketball. But this list really just screams you don't watch hoop. Like it, 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 like it, it just really does. Like there's no Braden Smith, there's no Mark Sears. There's no Jameer Young on this list. There's no uh, Lipsy from Iowa State. And that'd be fine if there weren't guys like Javon Quinterly involved on the list or guys like Zakai Ziegler on the list. I just, I don't know how you don't put a guy like Braden Smith, who one, has the individual success, the team success, the numbers, like he has everything to be top 10. Like I did, it, having this list without him is it just uh, it makes the rest of the list uh, not legitimate in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I'll just go through the guys on the list who belong on the list. Isaiah Stevens belongs on the list. Boo Booey belongs on the list. Tyler Kolick belongs on the list. Even I, I made jokes at their expense, but I think Max Ace, Miss Wade Taylor, and Tristan Newton belong on the list. I'm okay with those six guys. I have a problem with Jamal Shedd. I have a problem with Dewan Harris. I have a huge problem with Javon Quinterly. I have a huge problem with Zakai Ziegler. Shedd has not even always been the best player on Houston this year. The team's very good, but it like. I don't know. I guess the, if you're making the Braden Smith argument, I guess you can make the argument for Shed too. But Braden's been better. Dewan Harris is part of Kansas's problems. He's not De- like. Can, can you please read Dewan Harris's stats for me, please? Yes, I can. Let me look them up real like, quick. I like really, really, and th- and this disappoints me too because if you go back and look at all my preseason stuff, I was one of the people like carrying all the water for Dewan Harris is going to be like the aggressive Dewan Harris all year, step up, have a breakout year when they need him the most playing next to Dickinson and McCuller. Like I thought he was going to be that third guy and he has proceeded to, I honestly, I feel like he's had his worst year as a Kansas basketball player. Dewan Harris is averaging seven points, two rebounds and seven assists per game, shooting 44% from three. Braden Smith 
is averaging five more points per game than that, four more rebounds per game than that, more assists per game than that, and the same percentage from three on more attempts. <laughs> so, like, I, I, what are we doing? I'm the best team in the country. Kansas is like an underachieving team already. And that's struggling in conference play. Purdue's eviscerating everybody. I don't get how you can do Dewan. Uh, I I absolutely don't get how you can do Javon Quinterly. What is the argument for Javon Quinterly being on this list? I, I after the way Memphis has been playing, I I really don't know. I like he just generic dude averaging fourteen and four like, on on a he, mid team. Like if, he, if he's on here, put AJ Hogarth on. There. Put Doug McDaniel on here. Like Jesus Christ, man, he's it's a joke. He's not one of the thirty best point guards in the country, let alone top ten. I think. Uh, they- yeah, for these things. And I look, you said it. There's other guys who have an argument. I think Jameer Young should absolutely be on this list. I think Mark Sears should be one of the first three names on this list. Like the only, the only thing that I could think is for some reason they got Sears like on the on the on the two guard list, maybe, but that's the only I he shouldn't be, but that's the only yeah solace I'm taking in that. Because there's n- not a world where he should not be on this list. He should be a no, he should be like a no brainer. Like you can't move him off the list. Yeah. It, it, to me, he's been a top two point guard in the country. Like, let me just read Sears' stuff again. This is not knocking Braden Smith. Cause we're begging for him on the list, but like part of this is Smith plays with Edie. So, okay, fine. But Smith should still be on the list. Mark Sears is the best player on a team that is metrically top 10 in the country. He's their number one option. He's the focal point. He's shooting 52% from the floor. On 12 attempts per game as a 6-1 guard. He's shooting 52% from the floor. 44% from three. On five attempts per game, most of them are off the dribble. 84% from free throw. Averaging 20 points, four assists, and four rebounds. Like, that guy is a first-team All-American. He might be the best point guard in the country this year. And he's not on this list. It makes no sense to me. He should be even higher than Braden Smith. But um, I just don't get it. Like, to me, we we said this in the preseason. We were going to bat for Braden in the All-Big Ten stuff. And he's been even better than I think we would have hoped he would be this year. But, like, man, Braden Smith is who people think Tyler Kolick is. I'm going to just say it right now. Bray, like, all the drama with Kolick of, like, he's – they're bringing back the best point guard in the country. Oh, imagine how good he is. Oh, like Braden Smith is literally him, but better. He's better. He's literally better. And if, if Zach Eadie wasn't on this team, Braden Smith would score more. He would score like Tyler Kolick scores. He's only a bucket behind him right now. He averages the same amount of assists. He averages more rebounds. He shoots 44% from three to Tyler Kolick's 36% from three. Like, and it just continues to be, when it comes award time, people forget about him. And no, nobody who watches Purdue or analyzes Purdue on a regular basis is unaware of how good Braden Smith is. Everybody is now. But this stuff is what he always gets left off on, and I don't understand why he's so good. Right. Even if you're just watching, like, the big games, like let's say you're watching the big national Purdue games, he ate up Arizona. I had crazy stats that game. He had great stats all through Maui. Like everyone definitely, I know those voters on this award list watch Maui. This to me just screams of a list of, I got to name these guys because they played point guard for a while. Like you got to say Tyler Kolick because if you don't say Tyler Kolick in PG uh, discussions, then you're completely out of line. Not saying he shouldn't be on there, but like there's a lot of generic names that I think made this, like the Dewan Harris says, you made it because, Dewan Harris is the epitome of a point guard who's unselfish, and you got to add him. Sakai Ziegler is a great story coming back from injury. You add him. And I'm not saying that these guys are having bad seasons whatsoever, but we're talking about an award list for the top 10 point guards in the country. And unfortunately, I just do not think that some of these guys deserve to be on here over some guys that got left off. Yeah. Braden Smith this season his best performances, 26 points, two assists, four rebounds in the win over Arizona, 27 points, eight assists, five rebounds in the win over Alabama, 18 points, five assists, five rebounds 
in the win over Marquette, a win over Tyler Golick. Um, I I don't know how that guy's not on the list. Those have been the three biggest games of the season to me to this point. And he's been stellar. And I, we're saying we take Javon Quinterly over him. Huh? I just I, I can't get over that. It makes no sense to me. So um okay. I'm sure this won't be the last time we go to bat for Braden Smith, but goodness, like my I think all the people who work on this stuff don't watch the sport. And I'm sorry. I probably sound frustrated, but like I it's it's just not that hard to work in this business and actually do the work. I you I, you've gotten phone calls offline from me on this. This isn't a content bit, but like since we've done the previews and recaps this season and we've started to work with some other hardworking people, like the heat check guys, like I've called you so many times and just been like, it is not that hard to just work hard. And like, I, I feel like I have learned so much about every team in the country and every player in the country because I bust my ass watching these games and working on content for these games and telling stories about these games. And I just wish anybody with some sway in this sport for the shit that actually rewards people and matters on the media side would work half as hard as that. Like anyone who does work at all would have known you can't leave Sears and Smith off this list. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's your job. Watch the games, man. There's people watch the, a lot of watch money the, for this. Watch the highlights, watch the cut down film. If you have to like, just give it a peek, give it a peek. Or just look at some numbers. Even. Like, check anything, up, check pull up ESPN and type in his name in Google. Like, God, man, it just and these people get paid a lot of money for this. I'm not. I don't. I'm not attacking anybody personally for this. I'm not coming after anyone individually. But like, it just it baffles me how many egregious errors are made on stuff like this by people who claim they work in the sport. Like, and we make mistakes all the time. But we always show up the next day to admit that we got something wrong. Nobody does that with shit like this. Like, it's published the article, and then we'll see you in three months. Like, it just drives me insane. So, Braden, we got you. Jameer Young should be on this list too. We didn't make the video about him, but for the record, Boo, other, Boo's on other the list too, right? Boo's on the list, which is good. He should be good because that you, you think we're upset about Braden if Boo Darius wasn't on this list. Like, I would have been at, you know. The, the koozie's mansion knocking on the front door asking for answers yeah yep good to see boo get some shot honestly is there a chance boo wins this award no who does from that list of 10 by tyler kolik which would be insane yeah but like that's that's what you're supposed to say so i think of the 10 names i think it's between three guys Four guys, sorry. Four 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 man race right now. It's between Isaiah Stevens, Tyler Kolick, Tristan Newton, and Boo Booey. I would say that's I'd say the same. One of those four is gonna win the Koozie Award. I'm calling it right now. All right. Um we want to talk about some SEC coaches. Uh we're gonna start with John Calperry, who had some interesting things to say about his Kentucky team. In the last couple of days, uh, first he had a clip that uh, went pretty viral where this was, I believe this came out after their win over Arkansas, but um, Michi Johnson had a good game against Kentucky had 14 points, not like a crazy game, but he had, he shot it well, 14 points. Then in their game against Missouri over the weekend, Michi Johnson had zero points and was 0 for 9 from the field. John Calipari sat down in an interview and said, they don't go 0 for 9 versus us. I uh, thought that was funny, enjoyable. But the thing that I'm more interested in with Cal is uh, he spoke about his game plan last week at a press conference today where they asked him, like, hey, what was the game plan against South Carolina and Arkansas? How would you approach those games last week? Because K- Kentucky didn't play their best, right? Like, almost mm-hmm. lose to an Arkansas team in shambles, lose to South Carolina. It was a bad week. Cal said this, quote, the plan was play everybody in the first half and figure out who needs to play in this game. I alluded to this on a Kentucky recap over the weekend. Sometimes I think it can be really dangerous and toxic when you have too many talented people in a room, too many voices, too many guys, only five can get on the court. We have not seen a full strength Kentucky once this season. In fact, we still haven't because while this happened this weekend, they had no Rob Dillingham. 
Big Z's working his way back in. Tierro's mm-hmm. been in and out of the lineup. Justin Edwards was down to nine minutes in one of the last two games. So there's a lot of guys who are going to suddenly not be getting minutes they've been getting. Do you like this approach from Cal? And do you think this could be a problem for this team? Uh, So for me, I don't think it's a problem for the team necessarily. But I'm also not a fan of this approach just because I think that sometimes when coaches have a lot of talent, like Kentucky has, they look at it as I need to play all these guys and then give them all a certain amount of time and then be like, oh, these guys are who's hitting this game. I'm going to play them. To me, it should be you need to have your core guys at this point of the year, especially locked down and locked into the rotation, I feel like. And if one of those guys is faltering or not playing up to their expectations, then you can use the guys who are, you know, subbing in for them. Maybe they play more minutes than they usually play. But to me, it just seems like weights. You're not establishing enough continuity by doing the whole, I'm just going to play everybody and see who plays the best. Or I'm just going to play everybody, you know, eight minutes in the first half. And then whoever's playing the best, that's who's I'm going to roll with the rest of the game because I think it can lead to slow starts. I think it can lead to clunkiness that we've talked about with teams that play a lot of people. And I, I, I'm just always a firm believer of despite the talent you have on the team, like the, the sweet spot for rotations for me is like seven guys, max eight guys. Anything over that, I'm just not a fan of. So I'm a big fan of just like role clarity and definition. I think that matters in all things you do in life and successful organizations have it. Unsuccessful organizations don't. Um, For example, you and I have a really good thing going with this right now. That's because like every day you and I set a time and we know like I'm going to host and I'm going to set up some topics. Cart's going to cook when I throw him topics. And then we're going to do a little banter back and forth. And then we're going to end and I'm going to edit and post that. And Cart's going to know when to retweet. Like I'd say we have pretty good role definition and role clarity on how this whole thing operates. I think this might not go super well if like tomorrow I showed up to this show knowing we were recording at 10 and you showed up 10 minutes later with a different six foot two mediocre white man. And you were like, Oh, this is my friend, Todd. He's going to join for the show today. And I was just like, Oh, okay. And you were like, yeah, I'm going to see which one of you has it. Like I, I would probably just be like, I, I don't have it today. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm a little rattled. Todd, Todd's hot. Todd's cooking today. Right. So like I, that doesn't work well. That doesn't work well. I'm not a fan of like, Hey, this guy, this guy's going to play. And if he's playing better than you enjoy the bench, bud. that's not a motivator to me for 18 year old kids. Um, Now it, it can work because like talented depth is a good thing. And if all these players like each other, it's a good thing. We've seen Cal go to the platoon system before. It was a good thing. It worked. So, like, if there is a coach who can figure it out, I think it's him. But I'd be lying to you if I said I'm not a little scared because, like, to me, the special group of guys on this team does not include over half the guys on this team. And I I know that sounds harsh because Kentucky's loaded. I think they're great. But, like, What's special about Kentucky this season is Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, Antonio Reeves, DJ Wagner, and pick a big. That's the special thing. So if you want to rotate bigs, fine. If you're telling me like, yeah, Dutiero is now going to play because he got a couple rebounds early. I don't like that. Uh, I, I think the Big Z show was really fun for a day. I think that was more a spectacle than it was anything else for a day. Um, and I think in the end, like there, there's some pretty serious red flag signals here of like, Kentucky might've looked their best early in the season when they didn't have everybody. I'm going to tell you this though. And this is why I'm not raising a red flag is because if I believe in a coach to know who his dogs are and roll with his dogs when it's winning time, like coach Cal's a top five coach for me. But I think this entire quote says he doesn't know who his dogs are. Do you think do you do you like believe that quote? So oh, are you you're you're giving me a good reminder. Coaches lie all the time. I'm just, yeah, I I just sometimes yeah. like at least recently and called the Michigan State fan to me. 
But like some of these quotes, I feel like they just been coaching for so long. They got to throw out something different maybe once in a while or just throw out something they don't even necessarily mean. I don't know. I just sometimes I think things get lost in these in these little pressers and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess coaches lie all the time. I guess that's true. But um, I don't know if anything like. I think we're just going to see a little odd man out stuff here. Like I think Justin Edwards minutes are going to go down because he's making 28% of his shots from three. Like, I mean, it's, to me, it's the guys that should play Shepard, Dillingham, Reeves, Mitchell, Bradshaw, Wagner, Fierro. And then probably another big, maybe something. Okay, but then see now, now you got two backup bigs that aren't playing, you know, Yensu and Avisage. And he's got to play a backup center. Well, I I, I did. I said one. I, well, I was going to say one of those guys. Does Thierro need to play? I think he does. I think he does a lot. I think he's just kind of like a utility, little things, plays defense, rebounds. I think this team needs that. It needs it more than like Trey Mitchell? Because <laughs> like. Well, not more than Trey Mitchell, but I'm saying like. Well, that, that's, like, that's every time Thierro's on the court, that means one of. Shepard, Dillingham, Mitchell, Reeves are not on it. See, that would be the change I would I would make. I'd leave those guys out there and just go small, like throw the arrow out there at the four. But then one of those guys aren't on the floor. How? Wait, you no, you said Mitchell, Shep- Shepard, Shepard, Dillingham, uh huh, Reeves, yes, Mitchell. So you're saying play those four with Tierra? I'm saying go small, yes. Okay, so then DJ Wagner's not on the floor. Yeah, in that case, yes. I hate that. Like that's to, Wagner, Shepard, Dillingham are too good. They're too good, and Reeves is too good. They're all too good. <laughs> so, I mean, right, but you can't throw a lineup out there of Shepard, Dillingham, Reeves, Wagner. Like, what do you? That's what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I think those guys are special and I put a big with them. Pick a big, pick a big. I don't care. Uh, like I, I, yes, I think Bradshaw's their best big. I think he's an NBA big. I think, uh, on Yensu's fine as a backup big. I don't have any issues. I thought he's brought them really good physicality stuff at times. Big Z is going to have games where he looks unstoppable. Yeah. Rotate the bigs, do the whole Michigan state played every big four minutes thing. I don't care. Rotate them. These guys are all good. They're not my Sissoko. So, like, do it. Uh, but but at the other four spots, like, play the dogs. And, like, to me, that means maybe less Justin Edwards and maybe no Thierro. No. Like, are, is that what we're doing? We're dancing need, around with those two? I need a little Thierro in my life. I don't get it. But that's – if you need Thierro, then this roster's in trouble. Because <laughs> we, we can't play all these guys. It's impossible. It's impossible. Play Thierro five minutes? So what's Thierro's role? whatever Justin Edwards minutes are right now, that should go to Thierro. See, this is, this is an unhappy organization that there's too many Todd's. But I love this team. I love this team too, but I'm just so I'll go to rat. What, what's Kentucky's next game? Kentucky's next game is Florida on Wednesday. It's going to be scenes when we, we get the lineup we want and guys minutes are cuts. And then we're like, you know what, Cal, you had us in the first half. You had us. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, but, okay. I got it. So for the rest of the season, we're not on the panic meter for Kentucky, but we're on minutes watch. Yes. So yeah. I'm just imagine, like, imagine college you and your coach is like, all right, guys, here's the plan. Everybody's going to play two minutes in the first 10 and whoever plays best gets to play the rest of the game. Like yeah, you're no. hype. You're hype for that. No. Like, let's say you roll out there and you get three rebounds in two minutes, and then the guy you're against gets one bucket and no rebounds. You don't even attempt a shot. You play in the rest of the game? Like, yeah, you're right. I'm sick about that. I don't like that strategy. I don't like it. And maybe, again, maybe he's lying. The best case scenario for me here is Cal's lying. That's the best case scenario. (laughs) That's the best case that Coach Cal's lying. The first time in my life I've rooted for a coach to be lying. Hopefully that's what happens here. Uh, okay, final topic is another SEC coach that rumors abound for. Um, this one comes from the Coaching Changes Twitter account. Have you do you follow them? Have you seen Coaching Changes before? 
I do, but the streets tell me that I shouldn't believe coaching changes. Really? Yeah, something. I mean, I feel like people are indifferent on it. Okay, so I didn't know if we could believe or not believe coaching changes. Some people, for the record, I do. You do believe coaching changes? Yeah, but people always tell me like, "Oh, take it with a grain of salt," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I will." I'm actually taking the fact that you told me to take that with a grain of salt because I believe coaching changes with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's that's a really good lifelong rule, actually, for anybody listening to this. If someone tells you to take something with a grain of salt, take them telling you to take it with a grain of salt with a grain of salt. Yes. That's an automatic. We need to add that to the Bible. Guy, get on that. Um, For now, though, Coaching Changes has a rumor who says this. We are told from an unproven source who we instinctively trust after asking a few follow-ups that Muss is working overtime on his exit strategy, already sending third-party inquiries to Minnesota and Arizona State as well as several less realistic potential landing spots. First off, let me just say, let me be unequivocally clear, uh, the the phrase starting off a tweet like this with a rumor, who we instinctively trust, a source who we instinctively trust is an all-timer. I got to work that into the lexicon. That's really funny. Um, but then from there, Musk wants out inquiries to Minnesota and Arizona State. And less realistic spots than those? Those are supposed to be the realistic spots? Um, Broadly, I've always assumed Muss is going to be out of Arkansas at some point, if not very soon. Like, at some point, the the warning signs are pretty clearly there with this roster. And there's a lot of big jobs. Like, I I assumed Muss would be the leader for the Louisville job. That's what I assumed. And we've heard that mentioned. I don't know where that's at. Um. What do you think of of this? Do you think Muss is actually working to get out of Arkansas actively right now? I I do think he is. I th- I think he is. I think that some of the things that have uh some of the things that have happened as recently as like, you know as far as guys uh you know leaving the team um just kind of just the way they've been playing the vibes of the team just kind of like a it might be like he might be out of here type vibes. I was mentally convinced that it would be. Cronin to uh, Louisville and then Musk to UCLA. And I kind of love that. And I would have UCLA making a final four within the first four years of him being there. I would Mm -hmm. totally bet that. Mm -hmm. I am also have not stated this on this podcast before, but I want to make myself unequivocally clear. I am afraid of Eric Musselman. If I have to coach against him, I like him in the big 10 scares the shit out of me. Him at Minnesota would scare me. Him at Arizona State would scare me. I think he would do great things in the transfer portal at both those schools. Also, why is he sending it out to Minnesota? Are we not loving Ben Johnson, Minnesota? I kind of like his path. So Minnesota is an interesting spot because people that I think are smarter than me in this industry seem to think that Minnesota does not want Ben Johnson long-term. But fans are like, well, obviously Ben Johnson's doing a great job. I am like, obviously Ben Johnson's doing a great job. I love, I love this team specifically. And I, again, I saw them in person. I thought just the, the way he runs this program is spectacular right now. This team's really bought in. So I'm in on Ben Johnson. If you believe the people smarter than me, then supposedly they want somebody different or somebody bigger sooner rather than later. Um, now I, why, why does Musk want Minnesota? What's the deal there? I, I don't understand why that's the thing. Yeah, there's not like a connection there, is there that I don't know about? I mean, you know, I'm really good at like geography things, unless Eric Musselman was born in St. Paul. I mean, we I might, I'm sure we could probably like dig enough things to find out that I there's mean, some. Musk, you, you was at Nevada before, right? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I was very confused to see that the first school named. Um, I can say this and mean it from the bottom of my heart. If, if somehow Eric Musselman is coaching at Minnesota next year and Jawan Howard is still coaching at Michigan, I'm done. I'm out on basketball again as a fan. Like I I just need to make that on record known for the listeners. That would be insane. Yeah. Be insane. Sorry, I'm deep in like Eric Musselman. He was an NBA assistant for one year for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, okay, so he has some history there. He was born in Ashland, Ohio. Hmm. Where's Ashland? 
Is that north northwest? <laughs> Northeast? Ashland, Ohio? Yeah, I got to know what section of Ohio that is. How close is that to the border? How close is that to Toledo? I don't think it's I think I think it's far. Ah, okay, that's tough. Uh yeah, I mean my here's here's my dream Eric Musselman plan. This is bad. I'm about to shake ass for Eric Musselman literally right now. Uh my dream Musselman plan is this. Mick Cronin takes Louisville. Must stays at Louisville or at uh at Arkansas for one more year. Jawan Howard stays at Michigan for one more year. Michigan goes three and twenty seven next year with four <laughs> academic scandals and Jawan Howard uh, kicks a ball boy with cancer and uh, Eric Musselman goes nine and 21 next year and has six different players quit the team midseason. six different Devo Davis Brazils. Muss is fired. Jawan Howard is fired. Muss is the first phone call in Ann Arbor. You think that Muss would want to deal with Michigan's administration? I don't know that Michigan's administration would want to deal with Muss, but I think yeah, for that, that's that what I'm reason, saying. that's like that's that's both each party's personal hell. I think it's a perfect fit for that reason. I think it's a perfect fit for it's that so, reason. It's so much opposite that opposites attract. It's so incorrect that both will convince themselves that they need the opposite of what got them there. You know what I mean? Like okay, Muss, Muss needs a little administrative pushback. Michigan needs a little shirtless deviant. Okay, well, you guys make Izzo say no. Izzo says yes, and we'll take Muss. <laughs> Izzo says yes to Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> and you can have that little shirtless deviant. I, I would take Tom Izzo at Michigan over Muss simply to mess with you. That's it. <laughs> like, I just, that's all I would want. Um, I, that's obviously never going to happen, but also must is never going to happen to Michigan either. So, okay. Where's, where is must coaching? The first game that he coaches, not at Arkansas. Where's he coaching? Louisville. I think it's Louisville too. Do you think it's, do you think it's next year? Yes. I think this is it at Arkansas. This is it. Also, is it Louisville or Louisville? I've been told it's Louisville. Louisville? Okay. Louisville. 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 Malik Renew. Malik Renew. Malik Renew. Uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that was kind of nice. Can I get that one again? <laughs> Malik Renew? <laughs> you got feisty there. Real feisty. Uh, okay. One big thing presented by Pigby. Um <laughs> What's your one big thing? My one big thing is I think a next step for sleepers, maybe not this year, but just looking forward, we need to get an Amazon storefront because I feel like we use a lot, use a lot of products that others would like to try. Like, for instance, if I could link this, uh, this heated blanket in the sleepers Amazon storefront, I think I could lead a lot of people to some great things because this is a great price, high quality, like comfortable heated blanket. I think you are just very domesticated and reliant on products in many different ways. Okay. See, I don't like the way domesticated <laughs> came out right there. Like you call me sassy or something. No, I just think like you, you are a man who is very reliant on products. That's insane. Well, it's like your one big thing. Probably 40% of the time is a product that you want to show off. It's a lot of products. So you're saying I'm a guy who just can't get it done by myself. No. But I'm saying like you you live in luxury a little bit when it comes to products. Like hear, hear about my heated blanket this week. Ooh. My well-priced heated blanket. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying like you're, you're – no, I'm, I'm not implying that you're granite countertops. But like you could be if you wanted to be. Okay, see, that's why you can't say things like that because in my head, all I heard when you said you're all products, like you can't make it happen without products, is that you think I have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my head. And that's not the case. I did not need to know that, but I would hope for your sake it's not the case. Um, again, there's a lot of boobirds out there that are wondering. Huh? Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like, 
are you a pressure performer? Oh, that's crazy. All right, what's your one big thing? I'm just, like, we we discussed. Did we not discuss it? I mean, yeah. I'm just like. All right, one new, big thing. The new year. One one big thing. I mean, how how big is the thing? Like, Greg, what is your one big thing? <laughs> what if it's a little thing? What if what if sometimes it? All right. <laughs> that's on me. That's on me. I opened that door, and I am ashamed of myself to think that you wouldn't just let that go. One perfectly healthy thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One perfectly convenient size thing. For them perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. It works. Uh, I I want to give you an opportunity here, which is very funny given the last two minutes of the way they went, but I have an opportunity for you. Uh, I would like to offer you the ability to guess the exact three items that I had for dinner tonight. And if you guess them, I will send you three hundred dollars okay you cannot ask for a hint so obviously no like texting wife right now Um, i will give you this Mm -hmm. one of the three items i had four of the second item i had a small bowl of the third item i had five of you must exactly nail all three. And if you do, I will send you $300. So even before the bull comment, you did mention you were feeling a little under the weather when we recorded this morning. So I'm going to assume that one of the items was soup. Guess all three and then I will. Okay. I'm going to say soup. I'm going to say, you said four packet, four, four or something. I had four of something, five of something, and a small bowl of something. So I'm going to say soup, oyster crackers, and uh, I'll go. Uh, that's two. No. I don't, okay. Chips and oil cookies. <laughs> had to go there. <laughs> all right. Uh, it, oh, for three. Incorrect on all three. Uh, this would have been impossible to guess, which is why I offered it for you. It was a horrendously planned dinner, which back to our original conversation about like cooking is 80% preparation. Today, I put zero effort into the preparation and I got what I deserved. I had waffles, mozzarella sticks, and corn. Yeah, that's the worst dinner I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It was honestly pretty good. I mean, mozzarella sticks sound great, but that's just that combo is ridiculous. And a nice glass of milk to top it off, Cart. Oh, gross. All right. That was one perfectly healthy thing. We'll see you on Wednesday on the Sleepers Podcast.